Amen. Let's go to John chapter 15 tonight. John chapter 15. Uh, we're, we're thinking about gratefulness and, and uh, Thanksgiving's a good time to remember what Christ did for us on the cross. Uh, Thanksgiving is powerful. I, I know I told this story before, but I remember one time there was a kind of a special needs uh, adult that we would pick up on our bus route years ago, and um, I, I remember we were going to go visit him, and I, I know I told this story, but we went in, uh, we pulled into the, the, the parking lot of the group home, and I was going to go inside and uh, just, just, you know, spend time with him. He was, a, he, he was uh, just a happy guy, loved the Lord. And I, I remember it was his birthday, and I remembered he liked Coca-Cola. And I had a 12-pack in the trunk of my car for whatever reason. I'm like, ha, 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 I'm set, I'm ready. So I remember grabbing one and going inside and, and talking with him for a little bit, and I remember saying, uh, uh, it's your birthday. He goes, yes. And I'm like, I, I, I brought you something and, and pulled out the Coke thinking, like, oh, thank you. But, but he was like, oh, 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 thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, oh, you know. And, I, <laughs> and I'm like, oh. Man, I, and something came over me. I was like, take this. I'll be right back. I have no choice but to go get a couple more cans. Um, and of course, I, I, think I, I think I made sure, you know, dietarily, I wasn't getting him in trouble. Um, um, but, I, but I remember just, just that gratefulness, something came over me. I have no choice. I have to, I have to do more for that kind of gratefulness. And I, it, it's always been an object lesson for me, uh, a, a reminder that do we thank God like we ought to? Do we, do we look up to heaven and, and uh, ah, you're so good to me. You're so, so, so good to me. And you might say, well, if he was good to me, I might do that. Well, uh, I gave the guy a can of Coke. <laughs> and he was overjoyed. I'm telling you, something inside of me is, is almost like I was hypnotized. I'm like, I'll be right back. <laughs> and I think heaven... Uh, likes to be thanked. And he deserves to be thanked. And the sooner we, when, when God gives that little blessing, and you go, oh Lord, oh Lord, you're so good to me, you're so good, you're so, you're so good. I, I think heaven even says, hey, 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 back up that dump truck over here and pour it out on that guy. Somebody that is appreciative. Tonight we think about communion. John 15 talks about a special closeness that God wants to have with us. John 15 verses 1 through 8, we'll start, we'll start at the beginning. We'll take our time reading through these, verse, uh, the, these eight verses, give you some thoughts as we go along, and then I'll kind of give you a three quick things at the end. But this was, a, this was between the Last Supper and, and Gethsemane. That time period in between. Here, 
as we close in on Jesus' death, he teaches the importance of fruit-bearing and how that abiding in him is vital for this to happen. Abiding in him. Communion with him. Abiding in him. Communion with him. He says, at the, uh, verse one there, I am the true vine. He's the only true vine. He's the, he's the only genuine vine. You can be plugged into something else, but it won't give you that eternal life. I am the true vine. The source of life for the branches. Can you see them walking slowly toward Gethsemane as the time of Jesus' sacrifice draws closer? He has vital truth for them. I am the true vine. And my father is the husbandman. The husbandman, the father, he had planted Jesus, the vine, and provided a way for branches to be plugged into him and to draw life from him, eternal life and fruit-bearing life down here and life that produces power and prayer. We'll see in verse 7. Verse 2, he says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Again, I don't know. I think we've all seen trees where there's maybe a vine of some sort growing up, and you're like, I can't tell which foliage belongs to the vine or the tree itself. Or we also remember in Matthew 13, there were, there were plants that, I don't know, uh, there, there's the wheat and then there's the tares. I, I can't quite tell the difference. Possibly they, they would have thought every branch in me, there, there was one among them that wasn't real. Judas Iscariot had seemed to be one of the members of this small church, but he wasn't real. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. The Bible doesn't teach that we can lose our salvation. But sometimes there are people that are in a church that don't belong to him. Possibly this is talking of a, a disobedient Christian that will not live as unto the Lord. Uh, you might even look at it corporately, possibly. Uh, a, a church, a church can be plugged into him and then fail to be. We talked about that last night at prayer a little bit. Like the church at Ephesus that had been in love with God and had been plugged into him but lost their first love and were in danger of being taken away. God's blessing would be taken away. And church family, may I remind us that we can be busy, busy as anything, but if we don't have God's blessing on this place, we have nothing. I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in keeping up appearances at all. If we don't have his blessing, we have nothing. Let's remember to keep our love stirred up for him. And that's part of communion.
fellowship, abiding in him. Every branch that beareth fruit, okay, now we're getting to branches that bear fruit. What do you do for them? Every branch that, that beareth fruit, he purgeth it. Wait a minute, what? The branch that beareth fruit, he, he brings his shears and cuts on it. <laughs> Wait a minute, so the branch that's bearing fruit, he brings his shears and he does some purging. Well, that seems unkind, doesn't it? The branch is bearing fruit. Why does he come with his shears and start cutting things away? Well, he tells us that it may bring forth more fruit. Oh, so he wants branches that are bearing fruit to go from bearing fruit to bearing more fruit to bearing much fruit. It says that a couple times. He says in verse 5. That's why he does some pruning. Are there parts of your life that he wants to cut away? Some earthly things? So that the best parts of your life those that are spiritual can have more access to the flow of life that you receive from Jesus. Someone said, feed your focus and starve your distraction. There are so many things in this life that we could be doing that it doesn't save much time for all the things that we should be doing. The husbandman is there with his shears to help cut some of those things away. He wants to do it so we can bear much fruit. And that brings glory to God. We'll look at that at verse 8. When we bring much, forth, much fruit forth, that brings glory to God. And we want to say, I want, I want to bring glory to God. What can I do? Bring forth much fruit. How is that possible? Thank the husbandman for pruning away the parts of your life that are drawing that energy away from those things that are eternal and spiritual, thank the husbandman and submit to what he's doing. Verse 3, uh, we come to a, an important part of a night of communion is examining ourselves and making sure we're clean before the Lord. He says in verse 3, Now you're clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. The word of God has a cleansing effect in our lives. If we'll immerse ourselves in it, take heed to it. What does he say in Psalm 119, verse 9? Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Clean here, if you look at the Greek behind the word clean and the Greek behind the word purge, there's an etymological link the cleaning and the purging are related. He lovingly cuts away from our lives that which gets in the way of fruit bearing individually. And then, of course, a church is made up of individuals, isn't it? Individually, corporately as a church. God wants to cut away from us as individuals and our church that which would hinder fruit bearing. Verse 4, this is our text. We'll draw some ideas from verse 4 in a little bit. 
abide in me and I in you. Communion. We aren't just looking to have communion tonight. We're looking to be in communion with Jesus. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I think, uh, I don't know how many, I remember my dad running behind me when I was learning to ride my bicycle. And dad running along behind with his hand on the seat, you know, running and holding this seat, <laughs> making sure I couldn't fall over. And there comes that time when, when, when you finally say, Dad, I think I got to let go. I, I want to do it on my own. And that is the point, right? <laughs> How silly it would be. You know, there's Alec pedaling in or something, and there's me, you know. It's like, really, Dad, I think, I, no, 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 that's my job. But the truth is, we... As natural, it's supposed to be that way with riding a bicycle, but it's not supposed to be that way with the Christian life. Jesus, let go. I, I want to do it on my own. But there's a part of us that I want to do it by myself. I want to do it by myself. The little kids like to when they can get to the point where they can do something by them. I want to do it by myself. <laughs> And we want to get there, and we want to, I want to show it, but it's not, it's, it's, it's difficult for us to understand that it's not supposed to be that way in this Christian life. Let go, let me show you what I can do. He says so clearly there, the branch cannot, cannot, cannot bear fruit except it abide in the vine. We will be tempted to try. I want to do it by myself. The devil will even sneak up and whisper, you got this, you got this. You're like, Finally, some encouragement. He's a liar. You don't got this. The branch cannot bear fruit by itself and of itself. He's a liar. You don't got this. Verse 5 I am the vine. So he says it again. He said in verse 1, here he says it again. I am the, the vine, one of the I am passages. Ye, that's plural, are the branches. That's plural. He, he that abideth, you, he that abideth, abideth meno, remaining, remaining in close fellowship with him through his word and prayer. Christians at times wish to bear fruit but are not willing to spend the time necessary with the vine to have that spiritual vitality. I think a lot of times we, we enjoy this world and we tolerate Christianity. We enjoy this world and we tolerate Christianity. We'll do those spiritual things because we know they're important, but we'll, we'll get them out of the way to get back to what's important to me. And it's only with abiding in the vine where we can do the opposite, where we're enjoying Christ and tolerating this world. Oh God, I'll stay 
and do what you want me to do. But I don't feel comfortable here. My home is there with you. I enjoy you and I to I'll tolerate the time down here. I don't, this world hates you and I have a problem with that. So many Christians are in love with the world that hates our Lord. How is that possible? My wife down there, I'm not gonna be able to spend time with someone that hates her. I can be kind, but I'm not gonna be able to spend much time with anybody that hates her. So why can we spend time with a world that hates him and be comfortable? He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. So what is this fruit? Certainly the, the spiritual fruit from the Holy Spirit flowing through our lives and having control. Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. But also there must be seeds of reproduction. It's the soul winner. 1 Corinthians 3, 6, I have planted, a, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. We, we all know we'll eat the apple. All, every child remembers eating the apple, and then, oh, there are seeds in the middle. What are these? Are those seeds that inside, when you bear fruit, there should be seeds there. That, that, that God wants to use us to see more reproduction, more souls won. More life given, more branches plugged into the tree, using us. For without me, ye can do nothing. He says it again, doesn't he? The branch can of itself cannot bear fruit. And then he says it again. He says it again without me, ye can do nothing. You can see Alec wanting to maybe slap away Dad's hand. Dad, let go, I want to ride by myself. And that's the way it should be. But and then the us, we're, there's God, and, and he wants to be, lay hold on what we're doing. And, and we're like, we're trying to slap. No, no, I, I want to do it myself. Without me, you can do nothing. He isn't simply there for moral support. We cannot succeed in this Christian life without his abiding power and presence. Verse 6. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Possibly speaking of a, a spiritual withering here that results in being dried up and, and burned. There, there is a burning that's a part of the Bema judgment where there's the, the, the works that were not eternal or are, are burnt up. Verse 7, here we come to power and prayer. If ye abide in me. Again, I, I think, let me say it one more time, we're not just here to have communion. We're here to be in communion with Jesus tonight. 
If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Power in prayer, how precious is that? Sorensen said, such spiritual proximity places us on praying ground. It should be noted that as we are in such continual proximity to the master, our will becomes conformed to his. Romans 8, right? Romans 8 says that the father's trying to conform us to the image of his son as the husbandman does his work and prunes and shapes and cuts away and, and reinforces and supports our identity is less of ourselves and more lost in his. As we are in such continual proximity to the master, our will becomes conformed to his will. And then our prayer life becomes conformed to his will. 1 John 5.14 says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Sadly, too many people want the promise without the proximity. I want power in prayer. You can have it. Abide in him. And he in you. That his word would abide in you. And then verse 8. Herein is my father glorified. that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Fruit bearing brings glory to God and it is the basis of discipleship. So 1 John, I'm uh, sorry, John 15, 4, our, our text, I'll just draw three quick things. Abide in me and I in you. I see a precious placement of the branch. A precious placement of the branch. You and me and I and you. I see the possible pride of the branch. A branch cannot bear fruit of itself. He tells us that basically twice. Why does he keep telling us? Because there's going to be a time where we want to slap that hand away and say, no, I got this. I, 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 can live it on, I can live my Christian life on my own. I got this. Possible pride of the branch. And then the purposeful production of the branch. The whole reason it's there is to bear fruit. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, the fruit bearing. The produce section at the grocery store. The produce section. That's where we'd go to buy vegetables and fruit, right? The produce. God wants us to produce produce. My spell check didn't like that when I typed that out. God wants us to produce produce. Bearing fruit, 
for his honor and glory. Let's pray and we'll talk about being plugged into Jesus. Lord, we love you and I pray you be with this, uh, this, this evening of, of communion, Lord. We, we're looking to you and I, I pray, Lord, that not only would we welcome the pruning work of the husbandman, that we would thank him. Oh, bring your pruning shears into my life and cut away anything that doesn't resemble Christ. I want to bear fruit. I want the, the Father to be glorified in much fruit bearing. I ask these things in Christ's name, amen. The precious placement of the branch abiding in me and I in you. Life first began to flow when the branch was affixed to the tree in salvation. Salvation. Remember when you first cast yourself upon his finished work of atonement and rest, rested on his sacrifice alone. It was then, plugged into that vine, that the first tender fruit of your new Christian life began to appear, a budding from your life, a heavenly fragrance from the flower of the branch as life surged through it. Uh, Spurgeon, the other day I was reading Spurgeon, he was talking about Deuteronomy 3.9 and it said, the Lord's portion is his people. The Lord's portion is his people. He said this, they, the Lord's people, are his by conquest. What a battle he had in us before we would be won when at last we surrendered to him. How long he laid siege to our hearts. How often he sent terms of capitulation, but we barred our gates and fenced our walls against him. Do we not remember that glorious hour when finally he carried our hearts by storm? When he placed his cross against the wall and scaled our ramparts, planting on our strongholds the blood-red flag of his omnipotent mercy. Yes, we are indeed the conquered captives of his omnipotent love. We rejoice that we can never again be our own and we desire day by day to do his will and to show forth his glory. Oh, the precious placement of the branch. I see secondly the possible pride of the branch where we want to pull away and and, and, and start living this Christian life on our own strength. Look what I can do. What did the verse say? The branch cannot bear fruit of itself. God points this out, and he points it out twice. Why? Because many of us have tried. Of itself, our text there, then again in verse 5, without me ye can do nothing. Without me ye can do nothing. Our Empowered Youth Conference was on limitless. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things, and it's through Christ, right? We remember the skit. The college students, 
the first night, Levi, he came, I can't do this. I just can't do this. It, it can't be done. I can't do I just can't. I can't. I can't. Well, and then uh, Caleb told him, uh, listen, it's not so bad. You're just looking in the wrong places for the strength. Maybe get some counsel. And that second night, he was looking in the wrong place. He had his, his Russian advisor that told him to draw on that inner wolf. So the second night was he, he got part of the I can do all things through Christ, but he got stuck on the, the one part. I can. I can. I can. I, I just have to look from within and, and draw something powerful from within myself. And that kind of turned to chaos until that last night where he said, listen, you can, but there's more to that verse. You can do all things that you should through Christ. But really only through Christ. There's no other way to live this life than through Christ. And the devil wants you to think you can do it on your own. And you'll get frustrated and you'll say, forget this Christian life. It can't be done. What about those other people that seem so successful? And the devil will say, well, they're just better actors than you. They're pretending that this Christian life makes sense. It's like, some of them are doing a really good, yeah, that's how good actor they are. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, then, that's the excuse I was looking for, to live a life in, of defeat and then just drawing on this world for whatever, I, whatever little pleasure and sin for a season I can enjoy. No! There's no in, inner wolf that's going to get you through this Christian life. But you can do all things through Christ. In Isaiah 14, there was, the, there was Lucifer. He looked down and there was a glory not of himself. He saw a glory that did not come from himself, but so quickly he looked down and said, look at me, much like a branch might do. A branch covered with the flower and the budding and the fragrance and the bee that might take notice, right? The bee that, oh, look at that branch. They're full of life. And the branch can say, look at me. Look at this life that's bursting forth from who I am. The devil was there. He saw a glory that did not come from himself. He began to see himself as independent. And he starts into his I wills and his pride led to his downfall. Was there a time when you bore fruit? When did your fruit bearing begin to fall short? We are most fruitless when we are farthest from him. Frustrated in our efforts, finding that I'm not effective in this Christian life. And the branch simply cannot bear fruit of itself no matter how hard it tries. Prayer begins to slacken. Power begins to wane. The things of this world has more of our attention than the throne of grace. Fear begins to drive our decisions instead of simple faith in his holy word. You began to, to channel your Julie Andrews I have confidence in sunshine. 
I have confidence in rain. I have confidence in confidence alone, for I have confidence in me. Cute song, but it shouldn't be that way. The Bible says in Proverbs 14, 26, in the fear of the Lord there is strong confidence. That closeness to him when he has my attention instead of this world around me. When this world has my attention and I draw away from the, the vine, the fruitlessness goes away. How quickly the branch forgets where its splendor comes from. The bee takes no notice of the, the dead branch on the ground, but of the branch full of life on the tree. But where does the life come from? From within itself? Does the branch find all that it needs within itself? No. The sap, the life-giving sap that comes from the branch, that comes from, uh, that comes from the vine, the trunk, that produces the bud. That produces the fruit. The Heavenly Father pruning away, abiding in the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit flowing through us. How quickly the branch begins to think that I don't have any need at all of the vine. Look what I can do. Again, he tells us twice not to think that we can live this life on our own. The, the, the Ryan, Mr. and Mrs. Reinhardt, I think they're out on an ensemble trip, but there's Emily and Olivia. They have fruit trees in front of their house. Have they started bearing some fruit? So you can just see them. And that's the best branch of all, right there. Of all of our fruit trees, that branch bears the best fruit. I'm going to snip it and bring it inside and put it on our kitchen table. That way... We won't ever again have to make the long, arduous, that's a fun word, Brother Schreiber, arduous trip out to the front yard, to the fruit tree, to get some fruit from that branch. We'll bring the branch inside, and shortly they find that there's no fruit on that branch. And so, just like in the skit, they get around, that she and Emily and and Olivia, boy, they, they, they think it just needs a pep talk. The branch needs a pep talk. I think if we just yell at the branch enough and tell it to dig deep, draw on something deep inside yourself, I'll yell at it, I'll, I'll, we'll play good cop, bad cop, and Emily can be uh, the mean one, uh, Olivia can be the nice one, or maybe they'll, they'll go back and forth, and they just yell at the branch and, and encourage the branch and, and try to coach the branch, but... No matter what they do, no matter what they say, that branch cannot bring forth fruit when it's detached. It can't look inside. Once it's detached, there's nothing to draw on. No amount of effort will cause fruit to come forth from a branch that is detached unless we are in that holy proximity to the Lord. abiding in Jesus, the Holy Spirit flowing in us, living through us, living through our church, we cannot succeed. 
We don't want to be like the church of Sardis there in Revelation 3, 1. And unto the angel of the church of Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. You have a name that says you're alive, but you're detached from the source of life. There is no life. They had works. They were busy, but they were detached. We want to be like that church in Philadelphia. Revelation 3, 7 through 10, to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, and that is true, and that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. I know thy works. Oh, oh, the church at Sardis had works, but Philadelphia had works, and they were plugged in. They didn't just appear to be busy. They were doing their work drawing on the strength of the branch. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. I have set before thee an open door. It's, it's, instead of us trying to go through life breaking down doors, it's so much better when God just opens doors. I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word. You've kept my word. You've opened the book and spent time with me and found out what I wanted and you obeyed it. And kept my word and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them. Oh, it's, better. it's way better when he does the work. I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee. Verse 10, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation. Because you have kept my word, I will keep you. Oh man, what's this? I want to live this Christian life on my own. It should be the opposite. Oh Lord, I don't dare step out the front door in the morning without your blessing on my life. I don't, want to, I don't want to take a, I cannot take on this life without your help. We see the purposeful production of the branch to bear fruit. In communion with him, we are joined to his strength. The fibers of the vine run from the root all the way to the farthest branch. In this connection, that gives vitality. Um, it is this connection that gives vitality to each branch. Sever a branch from its parent stem and it will die. A vine branch is lifeless, useless, fruitless unless it abides in the vine, remaining vitally attached to the vine. The life-giving sap rises up from the roots and enables the branches to bear green foliage and produces clusters of grapes. Thus the branch is an organic part of the vine and the, and the vine expresses its life through the branches. Is that you? 
the vine expresses its life through the branches. Are you living your life or is Christ expressing his life through you? Remember the time of love when you were joined to him and life flowed from him and through you. Repent and get back to that time of sweet communion. When were those times when you really were the closest to him? What had you been doing? Get back to those things. Don't be content to try to live this Christian life on your own. You can't do it. You must be plugged into him. Sweet communion with him. What were those holy exercises that drew you more and more into his presence and out of this world, into the orchard of his will and away from the obsession of this world? Why did the psalmist's cup run over in Psalm 23? A cup cannot be over full from itself. There must be something added from without. Why was the psalmist's cup overflowing? Because of his proximity to the shepherd. The tree draws the rainwater from heaven and sends forth its sap through the branches. Even the sunshine shines forth, doing its work for the leaves both from without the branch. How much more is the continuing work of Jesus important for the garden of grace to bring forth fruit? From him all my fruit must be found, for no fruit can ever come from me. Depend on the grace of God in Christ and wait upon the Holy Spirit day by day, and indeed moment by moment for the needed grace to bring forth fruit. Are you saved tonight? Then you already trusted him for life. Continue to draw on him for the fruit that he wants to see, for the fruit that he expects to see. Once more, we aren't here simply to have communion. We are here to step into his presence and enjoy communion with him. Lord, I do 